This time loop thing. How did you get out of it? I simply boosted the circuits and broke free. You came back of your own accord? Well, I... Doctor? No. No, I'm afraid not. Now, obviously, the Time Lords have programmed the TARDIS always to return to Earth. It seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo-yo. and welcome to Galactic Yo-Yo, the podcast where Doctor Who fans share their unpopular opinions with the world and I have to deal with them. I'm your host Molly Marsh, that's a motorbike. Um, and I have literally just dropped um, Georgia Harper um, off at the tube station. Um, she has just been at my flat to record this week's uh, discussion all about the haunting of Villa Diodati, a title we have for some trouble um, pronouncing uh, in the conversation. Uh, it was great to chat to Georgia again. Um, Georgia, famously a fan of the stories um, Orphan 55 and the Saranga Conundrum, um, and uh, unpopular opinions that I obviously love to give air to. Um, so we um, we ended up getting into those two quite a lot and, and, and talking uh, more widely about the way this in my opinion, brilliant story, uh, fits in with the wider um, oeuvre of the Chibnall era. Um, if I sound a little bit delirious, it's because I've both just had a diabetic hypo, um, in fact, I think I'm still having a diabetic hypo, uh, and I'm about to go home and edit the conversation that we've just had um, to put it out so that all you lovely people can hear it, um, because tomorrow uh, I'm going on a little holiday to Bath. Um, so I needed to get the podcast out nice and quickly. Um, I'm so excited for the series finale. But um, until then, uh, here is my conversation about the haunting of Villa Diodati with Georgia Harper. Enjoy. So I'm here with uh, Georgia Harper. Hello, Georgia. Hello. Um, I last had you on the podcast. Um, was it last year? Yeah, last February-ish. Yeah, about a year ago. Yeah. We oh, yeah, it's February now. Yeah, we were <laughs> talking about um, the Rebel Flesh, the yes. Almost People. Um, we're talking about a better episode today, I think. I, I think so. I, I think I would agree with that. I don't know. Now I'm, I, hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't thought about comparing it to the Rebel Flesh, the Almost People. I've just been comparing it to like other Jodie Whittaker episodes. Um, no, we're going to be doing that too, don't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say oh, that. Um, so, oh, I should probably say it up front. We're talking about um, the haunting of Villa Diodati. I thought that. I did have a bit of a panic moment earlier. I thought, wait, I didn't check how to pronounce Diodati, but... Is it Diodati? That's how I've had it in my head. That's how I've had it in my head cool. as well. We are now universally agreed. Fantastic. 100% of this room. <laughs> um. uh, yeah, I, I thought the haunting of Villa Diodati was the best episode of the Chibnall era so far. Okay. It, honestly... I, I've obviously been quite down on the whole yeah. era. Um, I've really struggled with it as much as I've wanted to like a lot of it more than I actually have. 
this year I've felt like overall I've enjoyed it more, even yeah. if maybe its highs haven't been as high as yeah. often. I feel like its overall quality has I been much so. better. Yeah. Um, and but still, it wasn't Doctor Who as I know it, and I still had gripes every right. single week. Yeah. And then this and. Uh, Oh, so I pretty sh- I pretty shouldn't use the phrase not Doctor Who as I know it. That sounds quite not my Doctor. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say it, but but, it, yeah. but like it's not. Um, it wasn't living up to my favorite yeah. Doctor Who. I, I, I knew what like you that. meant. Um, so watching this one, it was just like a breath of fresh air. I could not believe what I was watching. I couldn't believe the dialogue I was hearing. I couldn't believe the performances I was seeing. I couldn't believe like how engaged I was. Um, yeah. How exciting it all was. How how tense. Um, uh yeah and i was like glad to see that other people liked it as well and, yeah. and felt a similar way about it what what was your kind of overall feeling I, mean, I really i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it and i think it has set up next week really well and i'm really excited for that mm-hmm. um i'm not sh- i'm not sure i l- like outright loved it as much as some other people have but that's kind of against a background where the reaction does seem to be overwhelmingly positive yeah um was there a sense of like uh, a sense of a contrarianism in you, where you, where you kind of <laughs> felt like, well, it wasn't that good. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I um, I think I I like to see people liking things. Actually, it makes a change from like, um, as someone who has generally been a fan of the Chibnall era, it makes a change from like, I really love that. Now, time to see everyone else trashing on it. You know, it's That's kind true. of yeah. like if 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 like you know, other people liking things more than you is mostly a good thing. And like, yeah, I really um. It, I think it's set up it set up next week very well. I got a little bit I mean, probably a, a common sort of chimera problem of lots of characters, this time justified because they were all really there. Um but I got a bit lost with that, but like not to the point yeah. of I think I picked up I rewatched it last night ahead of this and I think there was lots of like nice bits of dialogue that I just completely missed the first time mm. and I think But that's what you want. Yeah, like, no, that's absolutely. What I, I, get think, like, I think I'm, I think, Who, I think right? I'm gonna enjoy it more on um On rewatch? On rewatching, yes. Yeah, no, I thought I it it's one of those things with the bigger with the bigger cast that like and and this is a point I've made on the podcast a few times, but I think this week kind of proved it again in that I don't think I think people are missing the point when they Say that the cast are too big. I think that the 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 problem really has been that the that the the writing tries to accommodate uh, a, a character arc for every single member of the cast. So this is what this was the problem we had in. Right. I'm sorry, Georgia, your t- your two favourites, um, <laughs> Saranga Kunandrum and Orphan Thirty Five. Okay, hi, <laughs> I'm one of those people. I'm so sorry. I also like the Rebel Flesh. Why are you trusting me? Um. <laughs> but both both of those stories try to accommodate yes. no, I would not only a large cast of characters, but a, a story arc for each one, and that is not necessary. It's like. Yeah. Why did I pronounce necessary in that way? Necessary. <laughs> that is not necessary. It, it's like you, you're you allowed to have a big cast of characters and for them that and for some sense. of them to be just broadly sketched out. That makes right? sense. And I think as well for, for this episode, um, they kind of all have the same story arc. Like they all kind of know each other. For sure. If you're looking back at um, sort of Orphan and Saranga, I, th- I think they're quite similar and I think they have, have the same problem here mm. where they have quite a large cast but are mostly strangers. So you have kind of... So you have kind of... And, like, you have sort of... And, uh, what's the name? James Buckley and his son Uh are also there. And it's... Yeah, there are a lot of also rounds. Yes, whereas uh, whereas I think here, 
Um, I I think here, um, because a lot of their arc, I guess, is shared, and in that some are more important than others. Um, does that does that make sense? It's it, kind it of it does. Although I'm thinking about um, uh, Orphan Fifty Five uh, in comparison to Midnight. Yes, Midnight. where which is kind of similar in that they yeah. go on the bus and everything, and they're yeah. all strangers. And again, in Midnight, there's quite a lot of characters there. Yeah, there's a fair few, but they're all broadly sketched out, and that doesn't mean that the yeah, characterization that is bad. It just means, it means that. that less important than the main yeah, characters like, uh, yeah like for instance like dd or jethro like we know who they are but the story isn't about them yeah and it doesn't need to be about them whereas yeah. a story like orphan 55 it does try and be about everyone it's try- yeah it's trying but to be about benny. every single one of those um, <laughs> well benny i think is probably the name that appears most often yes. in the scripts i would imagine <laughs> yeah. um, but again um, like this this episode um the haunting of villa diodati um when we'll just call it the haunting from now on. Yes, I think. that's so much easier. <laughs> um, this episode w- was in the school of midnight, where it's like we don't necessarily yeah. need to, like we we got that. Um, oh, I'm gonna forget all of the characters' names. <laughs> the guy who ended up sleepwalking. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, you have um, Percy Shelley, yeah. Mary Shelley, Lord Byron, Doctor Polidari. That's him, isn't it, Doctor? Yes, Doctor Polidari is a sleepwalker. Yeah. Yes. So Doctor Polidari, we understood that he was like needlessly aggressive. And kind of not a very nice dude. Yeah. We understood that uh, Mary Shelley was a, a visionary. Yeah. Um, we understood that um, Lord Byron was like a bit of a chauvinist and a bit of a player. Yeah. Like we we un- we got broad scale. And then there's other characters like the the valet. Yeah. Who he doesn't need to have a character at all. He's a bit of set dressing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's f- whereas I think a lesser script would have would have tried to give him some weight. Do you yeah, know what I mean? And I think like it's still. Like he he is pretty much he is pretty much window dressing and there's a, there's a point where like as they realise that something weird is going on with the house there's a point where Ryan says oh and like Fletcher's his name the point where Ryan says oh I haven't seen Fletcher in a while and I was like oh yeah you know we haven't seen Fletcher for a good ten minutes now and I hadn't even noticed but it's still sad when he dies and they find him dead like it doesn't actually take away I guess in my head I would feel like that would take away from that but it doesn't Does that make yeah sense? and also like it doesn't. It doesn't need to be that sad yeah, because no. it's about it's a, or, or what that death is about is raising the stakes and yeah and uh, and making us more more frightened, which is uh, which is good. Um, so yeah, no, I thought all the characters were great. I thought all the acting was good. Yeah, um, I enjoyed. In fact, the acting overall, um, I thought, took a bit of a step up this week. Maybe helped by the superior dialogue. Mm. Um, Jodie, I thought this was maybe the best performance she's ever yeah. done as Doctor Who. I really enjoyed getting to see her do like a kind of proper epic climax speech. Yeah. I thought yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that was really uh, it was something something I thought of actually when rewatching it last night that like for all the times that she's been labeled sort of preachy for talking about things, she hasn't actually had much of a chance to do these kind of speeches. Um and it was she, really she's cool sort to... of done different kind of speeches That's which are true. which are more like so I'm thinking about the one in Sorry, that dreadful yeah. one in Saranga Conundrum where she talks about the the sciencey oh, okay. hadron collider thing. I'm t- thinking about. Maybe I guess it's less confrontational. Yeah, the ones it's in Orphan Fifty Five. They're more. They're more kind of. Um, Lecture's the wrong wrong word to use because it implies that I'm saying she's preachy, but it, she's talking it, to the audience it, yeah, rather got, than yeah, talking to more, the villain. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what. So I it mean. is. It's yeah. kind of a different kind of speech. And I did. I did really enjoy um, actually seeing her get to get to do this. Um, and just like the jokes landed, 
Like, sorry, I'm nodding. I don't it, know why I'm doing that. I'm nodding a lot, by the way. No, that's you you're still allowed to nod. That's okay. They can't see it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine I'm nodding the entire time. Yeah, um, George will <laughs> always be nodding. Um, what was I? What was I saying? I was saying that the jokes um, landed. Yeah, all the jokes landed. Um, in a way that sometimes I feel like they haven't for Jodie's Doctor because writers have tried to um, give her kind of jokes in the in the in the model of Smith or or yeah. Tennant that where that's not really her style. Yeah. Also, um, and Andrew Ellard pointed this out, so I'm going to nick this point from him again. Okay. But um, there's a line in um, Praxius uh-huh. where she says something about. I've completely forgot what the thing is now. She says something to Ryan about what's that funny smell? Oh, um, the dead uh, Ryan has the dead bird, and she was like, "Ah, I was wondering why you smelt of dead bird or something like that." Yeah, and then yeah. but then she adds like, "You need some deodorant or something." Yeah, she says something like that, doesn't she? And it's like, no, we got the joke yeah, in the, the first line. Yeah, the joke would have happened we, by itself. So it, yeah, Chibnall has a has a bad habit of like of making of making stuff like that go on too long and then it's not yeah. funny anymore. Whereas this, it was like blink and you miss it lines. The best bits of it for me were when Byron was harassing her <laughs> and she was, and that she was, was a bit like, that, like, no, you may not lie. Yeah. I thought that no, no, you may not lie yeah. was absolutely brilliant. And it was like putting a doctory spin on like a woman telling a yeah. man to go away, which is something that we couldn't have had from any other yeah. doctor. And I thought that was absolutely extraordinary. Really, really great. I don't know how you felt about Jodie in this one. Yeah, no, definitely. As I said, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed getting to see, getting to see her kind of have those big moments. Um, and yeah, no, the the jokes. Like, I'm also thinking about the the kind of the sort of Scooby Doo type scene of her being like, "I've got to get out of this house." And then she comes straight no, back. Does. In she does not room. get out of this house. Yeah, um, yeah no, that was great. And yeah. also, but also the other companions like. I'm still not on board with Tosin Cole's performance. I don't think... I think he is the weak link, unfortunately, um, by, by some measure. But I, I think this week he was giving it a bit more. Yeah. And he I was given a bit more to do. Yeah, I guess it's difficult. Cause I, I feel like, um, you know, it's it, it will be a take you have heard many, many a time. I feel like Graham and Ryan probably... Like, I mean, Graham especially tends to hold the limelight. But I, mm, I mm. feel like... Ryan gets a bit more to do than Yaz does often, and um, which seems a shame. I mean, this yeah. year again, that's improved a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, we're getting slightly more Yaz. I think Ryan is. I think this week has shown us that Ryan is best written as a lovable fool. Yeah, like it's <laughs> when he's being like yeah. when he's being a bit thick is when it's it's. I think I think I, yeah. Looking back, I think I, I agree with that as well. I love the which um, jars a bit badly with his disability stuff true but it but as a character that's when he's wo- yeah. that's when he works at i mean i don't the think, best I, don't part think the of that necess- I don't think the two are necessarily like incompatible but there is sure. def- there are definitely ways in which that can be done very wrongly yeah there'll um, be there's a kind of some dodgy optics there yeah. potentially but um and obviously bradley walsh was great he's always great um <laughs> the, the the graham needs a toilet arc <laughs> yes <laughs> he still hasn't been by the end, had he? Oh, oh god, yeah, yeah, because he was shown a chamber pot and then nothing happened. Well, I guess you wouldn't have seen it. I think he refused to use the chamber pot. Oh, yeah, he sort of said, yeah, that's true. He was like, he oh, that ain't happening or whatever. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just, he just never, he never got to. Oh no! I maybe hope there's the, a toilet the, in the cyber war. I, mean, I guess <laughs> there's one on the TARDIS, right? I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the epic climax of the Graham needs a toilet arc. In, oh in, the, in the two-part finale. God. <laughs> that would be... He's just, like, holding it in. 
and then there's an army of Cybermen all around him, and then Graham just can't hold it any mo- any in anymore, <laughs> and he just explodes, and the Cybermen all get blasted uh, by feces. That is how we find out that Cybermen have a big weakness for human feces. Oh, okay. You, you, <laughs> I, I <laughs> you were thinking you were thinking of the milder version, <laughs> and I was like, no, it's gonna be poop. <laughs> Fine, I, either works. Yeah, either is fine. Um, um and and Yao's got that lovely scene with um. With the character whose name I uh, forgot, Claire, Claire Claremont. Claire Claremont, which was really nice. Yes, it reminded the, the, me of a Martha scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess um, there's potentially something with there was potentially something with that to be said about like, um, I guess Ma- Martha has a lot of scenes of like I know someone like that where she's essentially talking about her giant crush on the Doctor that's unrequited. Sure. Um, yes, I mean. I read that slightly differently. It was very much, uh, I think the the line that she responds to is around um, all Byron's answers just add to the enigma, and mm. it reminded me of kind of the, um, I guess the doctor's the doctor just emphatically not answering any questions about Gallifrey or her identity and other things that we're going to come to in the finale, sure. hopefully. Um, although, yeah, I can like I I I can imagine uh, Thasmin Twitter is all over that. Um, oh yeah, like a absolutely. rash. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but no, that was that was a, yeah, that was a highlight I really, I really for like her. Yeah, I like that, character. and I guess yeah, Yaz actually getting because I find that even the scenes that are about Yaz tend to somehow she doesn't have that much dialogue, and yeah, it's nice to see that starting to change. Definitely, and and seeing like again, much like what I said about Ryan, like it seems like oh, I kind of know who Yaz is. Yeah, now. she's she's more. In fact, I think this series has shown us that she's more um, forthright and yeah. she she knows what she wants, and I think, yeah. um, a lot more than we thought she did last year. That but I, I guess we didn't know anything, yeah, didn't about, know her anything about her last year, which is a, a shame. Um, Ryan, I feel like, is... In, a, in, a, in an Amy-Rory comparison, <laughs> even though, obviously, Amy and Rory are a couple, but yeah. I, I feel like... Um, Yaz is the Amy where she's she's got this appetite for adventure. Yeah, that is it. And, and Ryan's just there for the ride. Yeah, I feel. I kind of I actually found that like um, maybe we're going off on a tangent actually, but when when we were first introduced to the companions, certainly in the Woman Who Fell to Earth, and sometimes in later episodes, I almost feel like Graham is taking on a bit of a Rory role of just the, like, why are we here? What are we doing here? I have sensible True. questions about yeah, yeah, food yeah. and toilets. Yeah. You know. That's true, yeah. He's always the one to be like, oh, I brought Asani. Yeah, or like, like yeah. reminder, we're humans, we have needs. I, th- I think that's also because, like, the show kind of knows that Graham is not normally part of that narrative. Yes, I, I think it has you know, to, yeah, they have to, it makes sense for him to play that role. Yeah, he's, he's, Graham is a is a soap opera character yeah. rather than a, <laughs> and he he is here by accident, but exactly. he's having fun. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's stepping and he's like, what is all this science fiction stuff that's going on around me? Yeah. Whereas Yaz feels more like she's yes. from an adventure story. Yeah. I think, um, which is cool. I think I, it was something I said in a um, in a previous episode. I think I said it in my Spyfall episode about like Yaz's role is to be the companion. That Do you know what I mean? Sense. And the other the other two are uh uh. Yeah, e- are almost extras. Although, again, that it it would be nice if that was borne out in the dialogue. True, the, true, uh, true, uh, true. You know, in the amount of dialogue, I really liked actually in Spyfall. Certainly, and I'm not I'm not sure we've seen it since. 
feel like we might have done oh Plax yes is the other one I'm thinking of where Yaz takes on a role of almost Doctor Proxy you know in the absence of the Doctor mm. what would she mm. do and well, um, she has she has that bit in um in Nikola Tesla yes, doesn't she on yes. the spaceship yeah and I guess like I, I I would like to see more of that yeah that would be nice yeah. I think that would be nice should we talk about um spoiler alert the Cyberman that um, shows yes up, um, about two thirds of the way through. Yeah, I um I somehow missed uh through in the promo. Well, I'm I'm not sure if we knew actually, but um I was certainly surprised that the side man only had half a cyber face. Um, yeah, that was yeah, really that cool, was right. Yeah, yeah, so I really liked ha- having a different you know a different twist on it. Although as soon as soon as the lone side man turns up, we and indeed the doctor and the entire cast are thinking, cool. Remember the warnings? Don't give it what it wants. And then the doctor does exactly <laughs> no, that. No, you had one job. Um, yeah. yeah, I kind of, I guess that's one of the things I feel a bit weird about with this episode, really. Like, I can, it's done in such a way that it feels like the understandable slash only choice. Like, I can definitely, you know, see why she did that. Mm. But also, it's just a bit rushed. I feel like if, the, like, I don't know. I feel like if she spent a bit more time agonizing over the decision or, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's it's just very sort of. Um, it, I don't know. I just felt it happened really quickly. Although, obviously, it does. It is. It does turn into this amazing setup for the finale. And I guess, I mm, guess, I guess maybe the they'll explain it more next yeah. week. It's true that I've I've only seen it once, and this episode. And it's true that if you asked me to explain to you why she had to give it what it wanted, yeah. I I wouldn't do a particularly I good mean, job. I've I've seen it twice, and I feel like I understood it a bit more the second time, but not really. It was like. She had to take it to save Percy because he's important historically. Yeah. And then Cyberman threatened to destroy the planet, mm. um, which I know kind of feels like the you know the planet versus the universe. If the universe gets destroyed, that includes the planet, right? Yeah. Um, but um, I think there might be something to do with the fact that it was in 1816. If the world ended, then there would be a universe with no Yaz, and um, you know. Sure. Um, yeah, the ethics but of it bit, seemed a bit like yeah, I, I'm not sure about like Percy's that so important. Yeah, I I loved I loved that speech. Yeah, um, but I did spend the entire time on broadcast thinking, poor Ryan, he was only trying to help. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like that though. It was nice yeah. to have some conflict there oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and uh, but also I'm like just not sure he necessarily deserved it. Yeah, it it I think it was a if I had to like pick like the biggest issue with the episode and like unfortunately it's an issue that's kind of that kind of breaks the episode if you if you fix it yeah which is that it's not really about mary shelley it's about like like percy is the key and it's about his significance and then it finishes on a poem by i believe lord byron yeah um and mary shelley gets the idea for frankenstein from seeing the cyberman so like it's like less of an original idea. Yeah, now. we we like had. It, um, it feels less about yeah, her than I think a, a lot a of people wanted. Of, um, so, um, uh, you know, a few of my friends were having this discussion before, mm. like leading up to the episode when we knew roughly what it was. Sure. That you know, oh, I hope Mary Shelley doesn't get the idea from Frankenstein from this adventure, and that's kind of what happened. It is kind of what happened. It, um, for me, it's like a it, it's a an okay price to pay yeah. for like a really good that, episode. That said, I don't know. You know. Where, while Percy is the key, Percy being the key does mean he is not in the episode until the last 10 minutes. Exactly. This so in is, some way, it means there's more of a focus on Mary. Well, this is what I like, mean. Like, if you fix that and yeah. you make Mary Shelley the key... That would almost be worse, I it'd think. It'd be worse because then she's not there and she becomes almost like a damsel in distress, yes, which exactly. is the last thing you want. Yeah. I, I think really as well, 
as much as lots of people would love an uh, an episode about Mary Shelley, this episode was not about no, Mary Shelley. She was one of many components that told this story, yeah. and that's all right. Yeah, as it, like in the same way that I'm trying to think of a of another historical, in the same way almost that you know something like Impossible Astronaut Day of yeah. the Moon is not about Richard Nixon. He's no, just he's, he's just, just there, there yeah. and he's important to it, but it's not about him. About yeah. him. Um not that Nixon deserves the <laughs> the, se- the same no, um, celebration as Shelley, but you yeah. see you see my point. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily um feel able to have too much of an opinion on the whole Mary Shelley side of things because I'm not uh like I've read I read Frankenstein in school, but like yeah. I'm not massively well versed in it so it wasn't really something i was that invested in or had a particular stake in no i kind of i looking back so i guess a lot of um certainly in the sort of also dot society reach out a lot of a lot of the people there was like happened to be english students or english graduates and i was just like immediately like oh i'm not like i knew these characters existed and that they wrote things and i could infer that the poetry read was the poetry they wrote but that's about where my knowledge is yeah but, that, but yeah. that's where like the vast majority yes, of the audience's yeah. knowledge is going to be um and i don't think it i don't think it mattered like i didn't at any point feel like lost in the story because i didn't quite get that no the poem was about men made of metal or you know yeah which is which is right i think yeah. that's the yeah that's the way it should be in t- in terms of the 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 cyberman itself like in terms of um its behavior and the the performance i think the voice was nick briggs oh okay but i don't know who the actor was and i couldn't find out i don't no. know whether that information is out there but I it was really know. good whoever yeah. was doing it i um I had quite a hard time understanding the cyber voice. I think I picked up more because uh, when I when I watched it back, I had subtitles, subtitles on. And I sure. think I, I think I picked it up more, but yeah, definitely, it must be so hard to have your face visible mm. and act like a cyberman. I mean, I think it showed that he did have some kind of emotional capacity, but it, yeah, it must be so diff- it's so difficult to get that right. And I think whoever it was did a great job. Yeah, and like um, Nick did a great job doing the like. It's nice that he keeps, after all this time, yeah. keeps getting um, new things to do with yeah. the Daleks and the Cybermen. Yeah. Like, this is it's a whole new territory very, yeah, for him. It's very different in voice-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was, uh, uh, it was huge. I loved the scene. Uh, love might not be the right word, but I, I, I thought it was brilliant, the scene where he picked up the baby. Yeah, and you're like, I, I was watching it thinking, oh my god, this is so dark. What is he gonna do to the baby? Oh, well, see, I, well, I was, I kind of thought that, and then I was like, because then he kind of spared him, and I thought, oh, he still has some emotional capacity. Cyber dad, yay! <laughs> Narrator, he was not a good cyber dad. <laughs> um. No, I did, like it was, it was the sort of thing that's like, oh, you're you're very much pushing the boundaries of what you can yeah. do in a family show, but that's like what Doctor Who is known for. Yeah. And I think we need stuff like that because that's the that's the kind of titillation yeah. that, that children get into Doctor Who with. Yeah. I think maybe there are some points like I'm thinking of something like Don't Cremate Me. Yeah, I think that's maybe quite <laughs> maybe that, that that's the one and only time that Doctor Who has actually overstepped the mark and gone yeah. into Although territory. Although I guess it's like it's like fifteen. Know. Well, I mean, fifteen years in this format, and then mm. almost sixty years in another format. Like it's going to happen now and again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I th- I think maybe that is the only. Yeah, time and the fact that, that, that yeah, that's what I mean. The fact that we've come up truly with one, overstepped the mark, or the fact that you've come up with one noteworthy example, mm. that actually mm. means it's done quite well. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's always kind of just pushing there. that and just yeah. on the edge of it. 
Um, the only other thing I can potentially think of is like the uh, the weird pregnancy arc. Um, obviously, the rebel flesh that you're always That's people, true. which I am not going to defend. Yeah, <laughs> although that I think is more likely to go over the head of a that's child true. than, yeah, the, that's than true. don't cremate yeah, me. That's true. I was don't yeah, that, that makes sense. Don't cremate me is not gonna go over the head of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was very interesting. This is completely going off uh, on a tangent. Did you um did you watch Dracula? I haven't seen it yet, oh. no. Dracula Sorry. this is a bit it's not really a spoiler. They <laughs> sort of um he sort of does don't cremate me again. Oh that's interesting. Which is like Stephen going Oh, that was a bit tone deaf for, on a children's program. But now, but now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, after that's very, the water, that feels like a very Moffat thing to yeah, say. That, that yeah. was his exact thought process, I'm sure. Oh, that didn't quite work out. Oh, I'll just do, do it, it now again. after the <laughs> yeah. water. No. Um, oh, cool. But no, I, I haven't yeah, seen I, it. You should check it out. It is quite yeah. good. Um, but I did. Um, yeah, I did really, really like the side, and I thought it was really scary. Um, I think it's always funny, though, every time um, the Cybermen are in Doctor Who, when people go, oh, this is the, the, the you know, the best the Cybermen have been used in <laughs> years. And, like, we literally had a really great Cyberman story with loads of body horror in it two years, like, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, this is something that I'm, I'm thinking about, and I guess I'm a bit worried about for the finale, in that we had... A brilliant, you know, like I, I, you know, I, I really love the season series ten finale, series ten finale, mm-hmm. um, which had Cyberman and indeed the Master in it twice. The Master was in it twice. And <laughs> yeah, then, true, true. And then you have uh, series eight had um, a two-part finale with the Cybermen and the Master, and now we've got a two-part finale with the Cybermen and probably, probably the Master. Probably the Master, and yeah. And it's just like I'm a little bit worried that basically anything they do at this point will get. Oh, it's been done. Um, although I guess this episode has shown that actually not everything is. You know, I feel like what they've done with the Lone Cyberman and the Siberium is new, isn't it? Siberium, yeah. I believe, is new. Yeah. Siberium is new. Um, so it'll be it, it, like I feel like there are still interesting places they can take it. I was actually, um, I guess, you know, I, I was actually a bit disappointed when the Doctor kind of took in the Siberium. I was a bit disappointed that she then relinquished it because I'd have been interested to see what the effect would have been. On her, although obviously that's just not the episode they've gone for. Yeah. They, she kind of needed to relinquish it for to have sure. the setup um, we've had. Also, that's kind of already been done in and of itself in the, in Nightmare in Silver yes, in a way. Yes, that, that's true. Um, yeah. and I think sorry, an- another yeah. very very recent Cyberman episode. Like, that was only yeah. well, well, it was seven years ago. Ah, time is collapsing on itself. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Oh, that was in my first year of uni, so it must be not that long ago. Wait. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's horrifying moment when I remember I'm a grown up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's mad actually how long ago some of those episodes are. But um, yeah, no, I'm. I, it is interesting as a lead into next week because it didn't really advertise itself as a lead into next week. No, I mean I think as such. I think quite a, um, quite a few people. Like I think I I saw quite a few sort of tweets and posts and stuff like thinking it might be the Cyberman just on the basis of the Frankenstein connection. Yeah, yeah, and cuz um, there's a big there's a big finish I think with Mary Shelley and a, oh. a and a Cyberman. I think it's called the Silver Turk. Interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, and then Mary Shelley I think becomes a companion on Big Finish for a bit. Wow. Um <laughs> so yeah, some some um some people a a dis- a, a, a loud minority were up in arms about um this contradicting the 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 Big Finish stories that Mary Shelley is in. Huh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, my main take from that is Mary Shelley was a companion. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, um. and like that, those stories still exist. Yeah, no yeah, exactly. No, no one's going to come around and take away your CDs. Check, check them out. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
but yeah, no, it did give it a sort of for the second time this season actually, an episode had a sort of utopia energy of okay. oh, we're heading into the finale now. Like I had no idea. Yeah, Is it, uh, I'm, when you say second time, I fugitive. I was thinking yes. of fugitive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this is another in, uh, an interesting thing because um, I've seen some takes around how like the Doctor completely. Well, the Doctor ultimately ignoring Captain Jack's warnings and mm. what that means for Captain Jack's cameo in Fugitive. I kind of felt like, I mean, when I when I rewatched Fugitive, um, I kind of felt like Captain Jack's parts were, knowing obviously what the ending was, almost the least interesting bit. And I kind of got the impression that having Captain Jack's cameo was basically there. So that we are all like, wow, Captain Jack's back. And to so so that we wouldn't think anything else bigger would happen. So that we were completely blindsided by Ruth Doc. And like, that's a really important purpose. I think that's it was important that that was there. However, it is a purpose that wears off immediately after you've seen the episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm nodding because I, I think you're right. But I think that the second reason for his being there is that they needed to get the companions out of the way. Also, and too, sticking them all there's, in a room with a Captain Jack. That, there's been a lot of that this series, actually. And, yeah. Um, thinking about it now, that's something that the haunting actually doesn't really. Do. I mean, I guess it does separate the companions, but it's not done in such a. And here we are though. putting them in a crash. You know, it's done. It's done in a way that you don't really notice it. Yeah, and part of me thinks because I know Chibnall's been interviewed and has said we're not getting any more Captain Jack for the rest of the series, and lots of people went, "Oh no, that's bullshit!" Like we, we're going to get. We're gonna get Captain Jack I again, think, I don't but know. actually now I'm like, I thought that at the time. I thought, yeah. oh no, that's like, of course he's coming back again. Like, why would they just have him once? And now actually, I don't want him back. I think, I think with I, with I, everything we've got in the finale now, Cybermen. I, I would we've like got to see him back to meet Thirteen at some point. I agree, but not, not necessarily to... in the next two weeks because that's we've right. got enough as it is. You know, I, yeah, I feel like Cyberman, th- Master, Timeless Child, yeah. Ruth Doc. I really hope we get Ruth Doc back. I'll be very disappointed if we don't. Yeah, I, I <laughs> like... think if if we got Captain Jack and not Ruth Doc, that I would, would be, be yeah. I'd be feeling. I actually, I found, <laughs> it, I found it a little bit weird actually after after the episode after Fugitive mm. that a lot of the kind of stuff coming out of the official so so. Blah, I, can't talk i'm not good for a podcast um a lot of the stuff coming out of the official social media channels was around like jack is back and i can sort of see the point of that if you want to keep the real spoiler back for a day or so mm-hmm. but like this is the internet so that spoiler is out yeah i think that th- i you think know, the official I found, channels I found, a bit, I found it a bit weird that they just focused on jack rather than on rooftop yeah I, I think their policy was that they didn't spoil anything for a day yeah um, which I get because of yeah. America and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ruth Doc's been a funny one because it was huge. Like, like after Fugitive in the community, like we were yeah. all going crazy. But we were like, oh my God, we've got a new doctor. And because she, because then she kind of flew away and we haven't seen her again, we're a bit, I'm a bit like, oh my God. Yeah. Like every now and again, I'll remember. Yeah. Oh my God, Ruth like, Doctor exists. Like it's weird. Like, uh, I mean, I think it would be okay assuming that she does come back for the finale. My my only worry about Ruth Doc um, is that she's a, th- he, she's a throwaway character and that we don't see her again or that we don't see her more than what Because to, to, to do that and to get all the kind of credit and the hype for casting the first black doctor and the first black woman, it would be very disappointing for that to just be a throwaway. I think I think it might be. And the, the, the reason, the kind of reasons I've got for that is that it, 
she seems to be playing into this season's arc about the timeless child. Okay. That seems to be her role to me anyway. Yeah. Also, also she's played by Joe Martin, who nobody's heard of, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's not necessarily a barrier. It's not necessarily a barrier, but I, but Joe Martin was cast by. Um, uh, Nida Manzor, okay. not by Chris Chibnall. Oh, I didn't know that. I believe that is right. what happened. So that makes me think she's a she's a player in in this season's plot, right. and she's not. I don't. Part of me is worried, like you are, yeah. that she's not going to be that she's going to be a footnote in Doctor Who history, much like the Meta Crisis Doctor. Yeah. Like I don't think she she's even necessarily gonna have the weight of the war doctor. Yeah, I mean I think I think I would be broadly okay. I hope I'm yeah. wrong. I hope I I'm wrong. I think I would be broadly okay with some kind of war doctor style thing of at least you know, John Hart got his introduction and then he kind of had like quite a big episode well, it was the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. He had quite a fifth like I feel like that's about the limit of what I would like that that well that's about like the lower limit of what I would like Ruth Doc to be. Sure. Um I feel like, yeah, I would be like, I don't know, a bare minimum I'd like to see her in these next two episodes. I am I'm very worried she's a throwaway. Um other than that, I basically have no opinion on what that there's been lots of like you know, oh, she, she, she can't be pre one because it's a police box, and she can't be. There. I, I, I don't particularly have any opinion other than I would like her to actually be a main doctor part of the story. You know. Yeah, I, I don't think, like, I've done my speculation on that in okay. Fugitive of the Jadoon. Like, I think only time will tell, and yeah. the, the likeliest option, um, is that. And I was talking to my dad about this on the phone the other day. Yeah. And he was saying. It's gonna be something none of us have thought of. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. It, I don't think it's gonna be one of the the basic yes. options that we've considered yeah. already. As- especially given some of the promo we've got. I mean, I find I find the promo for this era so hard to read because sometimes it's like you won't believe what happens at the end, and it's a speech from Orphan Fifty Five, which I quite like, but it is not like you won't believe what happens at the end, worthy. And sometimes yeah. it's you won't believe what's coming, and it's Ruth Dot. Yeah, I guess the important thing is that the Orphan Fifty Five one was BBC America, whereas yes. the uh, the, the other one, one the Fugitive of the Ginning one, and the I think they posted something similar around the haunting. Actually, I think they did. Um, yeah, but that and they've been the the yeah. UK BBC Studios account. I mean, I saw something. Um, I think was it yesterday in. Oh, I saw another uh, Chibnall interview where he said something about. That we will need we will need a strong drink for the finale. Yes, um, I saw that. At which I, point, that was funny. I mean, I kind of I'm kind of like, I think Diet Coke would count as a strong <laughs> drink if I drank enough of it. And the way things are going, I, I guess I can have a strong cup of tea. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, like um, and and I and it, it's one of those things. I was like, I genuinely don't know how to take that because there have been times where things like that have been said and they've actually been kind of they've actually been borne out and there are mm. times where these things have been said and they haven't really been borne out and it's just like i don't know what to i i, do, I don't know what to make of it i don't know what to believe i think it's gonna be big okay i'm I, nodding again <laughs> i get the impression it's gonna be big i mean we've had we've had enough big stuff this year yeah. like you know we had the master in survival we had jack and then the ruth doctor and then we've had surprise Cyberman this week and like it just feels a bit yeah like 
they know what big means now. That makes sense. Yeah, I but think maybe the Orphan Fifty Five BBC America one is the anomaly, and yeah, like Tim Shaw yeah. last year. But I, did they ever like? Did they ever post anything of like, or like, was Chibnall ever interviewed and said like, you won't believe what's going to no, happen with Tim I d- Shaw? No, I don't think so. I, from what I remember from the last series. And I feel like this was picked up by people at the time. I feel like all the promotion was quite vague. Like, there was a point, I think, around sort of Ep 7, Ep 8, where the tweet was like, only three weeks to the... F- or only three episodes to the finale, or something like that. Mm. And it was like, it was all very... It almost had the opposite problem of being yeah. so vague that you couldn't be disappointed by it. Well, it was Battle of Rants <laughs> Apollo, so you could. You could be disappointed by it. But like, you, 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 Yes, you very much <laughs> underestimate my ability to be, uh, to be disappointed no, by mean, the Battle no, of Rants But I mean, it wasn't like you were being hyped up to be disappointed. No, absolutely. But also, you no. just plain weren't being hyped up, and that's a problem is as that well. That is a problem, and it was like... I remember when It Takes You Away was on. Yes. Episode 9 Oh, of, there was that whole thing year. of like, oh, you've got to watch it live. Oh, was there? Yeah, there was oh, a whole... I, don't I can't remember if it was Chris... Ch- I, I don't remember if it was Chris Chibnall or Matt Stevens, but there was something that had got into Radio Times of like, basically, you have to watch this live. Oh, weird. And the, the, the Husok chat was all like, uh, is there going to be like... Because inside, the Inside Number 9 thing had just happened as well. Oh, um, yeah, So there's a whole stunt. thing of like, oh, is there going to be some kind of live audience interaction? Whereas what clearly was meant was you will be spoiled by Grace coming back. And like, I liked right, Grace okay. coming back. But again, not necessarily worthy of the kind of. Uh, I would have been okay if I'd watched that on iPlayer, you know. Yeah, like. yeah. I think yeah. But what I was gonna say was with, with something like it takes you away. Your. I remember it finishing and me being like, "That was a great episode." Yeah. But like, oh shit! It's the finale next week. Yeah, something I found weird about it takes you away uh, was like the granddad arc, the mm. Ryan and Graham mm. granddad arc. And I was just kind of expecting the entire time that in the finale, Graham would get called Grandad. And then they did it and It Takes You Away. And I was like, oh, now what? They did it and It Takes You Away, which was supposed to be happen- supposed to happen earlier in the season. Oh, really? Yeah, they moved yeah. that one. So, but like, that's but, it. It's like this I, year, yeah. stuff's, been, stuff's been less um, flexible. Like yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't move Haunting of Vill- no. Villa Diodati. And I love that. I love that we've got a three, not what? a three-parter, but a three-story arc. Yeah. And you can't move any of it, and I love yeah. that. Yeah, no, I think I think it, and yeah, I guess there's a lot more that we know. Like the last finale was like, oh, there's a there's a villain coming back. Is it going to be Tim Shaw? Oh, it's Tim Shaw. <laughs> and um, I like. Um, what would you have done if last night, when the <laughs> instead of the the lone Cyberman coming through the door, it was Tim Shaw? I'm I'm gonna be honest. I would probably be badly attempting to defend it on the Husok view chat <laughs> um, without really knowing why. I was I'd thinking be about thrilled this. by that. Yeah. I'd, be, I I'd be sadistically <laughs> so thrilled I was thinki- by that. I was thinking about this um, the other day, actually, because, you know, Tim Shaw and the Stenzer more generally were kind of, in Series 11, this was like, that was like 13's biggest villain. Obviously, it didn't quite work. Yeah. But like, I, fi- I do find it a bit weird that they've just completely dropped that like in some ways i'm glad they've come they seem to have completely dropped it yeah i've got no concerns like, about that at I all no it's a bit and i guess it's a sign of like listening to criticism but it's a i don't know i guess oh, i can't think now of any other like doc like doctor specific villain i mean i guess 
I guess there was the silence in Matt Smith's art, yeah. but even they weren't around for that long, and then it was more the mythology about them. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, they kind of set up that the Stens are really evil, and then they like it wasn't popular or well received at all, so they just dropped it. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, I think I, just I think it's a, it's emblematic of, you know the fact that last year was about a blank slate and it was about yes. Chibnall trying to that do um, trying to do like uh, all new stuff and yeah. stuff that hadn't been done before and this year has been trying to has been about trying to interpolate yeah. loads of old stuff that started with resolution actually yeah that's true uh, and then you know we had his, his own take on on the story dialogue. Whereas, whereas last um, last series finale we had like oh who's this recurring villain that's going to be Tim Shaw oh it's Tim Shaw this time it's like we've got more elements that we know about cybermen timeless child possibly master possibly ruth doc mm. and we've got um but in a way there's also we don't know so much about what's going to happen with it i feel like there's more what am i gonna say there's more intrigue yes yeah there's i think more, i am i am excited for the finale rather than i hope the finale is good mm. um mm. the the thing with the the um the Battle of Ranskarav Collets as well, and all th- that whole like um, uh, Stenza arc was that, even though it was, it was uh, claiming to be new, it a lot of it was was kind of plagiarism anyway, because it, w- it was bits of stealing from the stolen Earth, it was bits yeah. bits of stealing from the the pirate planet, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is fine, like that's that's homage, like whatever, yeah. But I think this year. For better or for worse, it's, it's like it's worked better when the bits of borrowing that Chris and the other writers have done is more plain and more yes. like, okay, we're going to do our take now yeah, on, on this kind of Doctor Who yeah. story. You know, this is our Cyberman story. Think, this is yeah, our take on the master. Yeah. It's, it it still borrows from loads of yeah. Doctor Who places, but it's, like, it, it works yeah, better. I don't know. Like characters like that have been like... They've been written by many, 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 many people mm, over the years. Mm. So it makes more sense for, you know, like, yeah, you might as well do your take on this. It's not like they particularly belong to. Yeah. 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 I, f- I found it more interesting to watch. Like, yeah. Him figuring out what to do with different concepts than I found him kind of. The lack of the lack of direction of last year. Yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about a little bit about. Um, this is something I was a conversation I was having with somebody okay. else earlier today um, about its status as a historical. I was talking to a friend today okay. about how this era it, it often has been at its strongest in the historical, historical episodes. episodes. Like I can name a lot of bad episodes or like subpar episodes from this era. None of them are the historicals. Yeah. If we go through, you've got um, Rosa, Rosa, which is good. Yeah. Demons of Punjab. Really, really good. good. <laughs> the Witchfinders is great. Um, what else have you got? Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla. Great story. Um, is that all? And then this one? I think so. Nikola I mean, un- Tesla. Un- unless you count Spyfall 2, which is a bit... It's, yeah. yeah, it's a bit half and half. Yeah. And l- But like, I think the ones... I would say that Rosa, Punjab and Tesla are all kind of doing a thing Doctor Who hasn't done for a long time in that they're very much engaging with yes. history. They're doing the history yeah. whereas, rather whereas than... Whereas this is more like 
a Scytheman turns up and Lord Byron is also there. Yeah, it's yeah. like this one and the Witchfinders yes. are more in the are more in the model of the treating history as a genre, yeah. like the RTD and yeah. Moffat eras the, the do. The sci-fi is happening, but in the past. But weirdly, the Chibnall era seems to excel in both of those kinds of historical. Yeah. It seems to work, right? I yeah, I hadn't really thought about this as being, I guess, because of that difference. I hadn't really thought about it in the same vein as of like rose up no. and jab tesla but yeah when you think about it it is a historical i think um yeah it kind of it engages with the history without being about, about it. it yeah but it, yeah but it, it's weird that like the times the era seems to have stumbled the most are in the high sci-fi part yeah. of the era you know you think about something like Sorry again, Saranga. <laughs> yeah. Orphan Fifty Five, Battle of Ranskor Yeah, that's true. All of these stories are the most like high concept sci-fi, like most otherworldly stories, and they seem to be the ones that don't they work. Don't get so yeah. Um, I don't know what that's telling us. I'm not sure because because we've established that there are these two kinds of historical as well. Yeah. So it's not as if there's really common yeah. ground between. And it them. seems to work out. Yeah, as I said, I hadn't really thought about this as the kind of as the same kind of historical mm. but yeah it does they do seem to be a lot more popular mm. um well they just work they? better i think yeah. m- mostly i don't know i mean i feel like battle i mean i haven't seen battle of vans Kolos in a while for um probably understandable reasons <laughs> but like i i feel like it is not helped by being the finale like it's not just sort of a it's it's not just sort of a disappointing episode it's a True. disappointing end of series in a way that doesn't necessarily help it um i don't know if i mean i know we've talked about saranga and orphan before in terms of having quite a lot going on that isn't very tied together so like they're trying to create an arc for every character and i can i can see why in a sort of high sci-fi episode when you're trying to build a world i can see why it's more tempting Maybe to that's do that it. whereas yeah. i guess the historical characters obviously not everyone is going to be super super familiar with them but they are, in a sense, already fleshed out a little bit. Like you kind of have an you have an idea of who Rosa Parks is. Yeah, and you and it's like, yeah, you you you. There's a better understanding right yeah. away of who your characters are going to yeah. need to be. I mean, this week, we knew who was there that yeah. night, so that's it. You've got your character set up. I mean, in something like The Witchfinders, really, there are three characters in that. Right, historical characters. Yeah, King, so James, King James, um, Becca Savage, yeah. and is she called? Oh, what's the girl called? Who is the? Uh, the like the granddaughter. The granddaughter, but there's the granddaughter yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> and like because it because it's engaging with a world that already exists, yeah. i.e., the world of that time period. Yeah. It has a better understanding straight away. And of I guess the you don't. It be. feels like you don't have to flesh out all the characters because the people who are the people who are cheering on for you to burn the witch are the people cheering on for you to burn the witch. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you know, there's not the temptation of like, but why do they want to burn the witch? That's what it is. What it's, is yeah. it's a world building issue, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it, and I think maybe this era tries too hard to world build in the future episodes, where where in the in the RTD era or the Moffat era. Um, particularly RTD, he would just go, okay, this is the future, but it's the present, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Stories right, like, okay, you know, you go to New Earth, it's set it's in a Earth. hospital. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could you could make that episode set, you could rewrite that and put it in a hospital 
in 2006 and it would still work as a story. Yeah, it's not reliant I'm on I'm high I'm trying concept. to think of a Moffat example. Um, um, I can't think of a Moffat yeah. example. Uh, I was going to say a good man goes to war, but I suppose that is that is reliant on quite a lot of yeah. world building. I feel but, like that. But it is still like, okay, this is, you know, a guerrilla military group. Yeah. You know, there's, there's concepts we recognise. Yeah, a lot of the world building has been done in that already and it's other characters. For sure, yeah. And the fact, going back to what you were saying earlier, that there are certain characters in A Good Man Goes to War that just aren't very fleshed out. Mm. And that's okay. Um, yeah. I, I do remember watching that and sort of thinking like, oh, I forgot that character existed. Have I missed something on that? And it turns out that they just didn't exist. They Like, I can't think of an example. Was... Was Dorium new at that point? I think or Dorium had briefly been in the pre-credits to um, the Pandorica Opens. Okay. Yeah. So, and I was thinking like, oh, have I missed something for him to be? Th-? And it, like, I just hadn't. Um, no. It was just, and I think that that's that kind fine. of fine. It was just yeah. a broad sketch. So it's kind of going back to what you were saying earlier. It, it would be nice. I think um, this era has, uh, like the, it would be nice for this era to do what the RTD era did, which is to go back to a world it had already built. So yes, um, to re- I mean, obviously you can't really do that with Orphan Fifty Five, no. but <laughs> it could go back to the time period or characters of the Saranga conundrum. Yeah. Again, I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it would dare. I mean, I, like feel like, <laughs> I feel like that would be an interesting one because if you were to go back, because I mean, Saranga is the ship. Yeah. So if you were going back, you would probably be going back to. Do they name the planet? Resus One isn't the planet, is it? Resus One is the ward. I don't know. I, I feel like Resus is like... Yeah, it's, it's like a yeah. resuscitation, I right? feel like you'd be going back to the planet. The chances of you having those same characters again are very slim. You could maybe go could to maybe a space station yeah. where they all were. I or feel like you could have... You could maybe go back to the planet, which would essentially be a new planet, mm. and you could have one of the characters... But, but even that's that a, but is that's helpful, a, right? That's a, yeah, but that's kind of a different thing then because you're not going back to the world of Saranga. True. You're going true, to somewhere true, true. new and one of the Saranga characters is there. Um, I'm still kind of thinking about Orphan 56, the Benny Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> Don't but, say that. Okay. <laughs> Orphan 56. Um, yeah. Um, but great. yeah, I guess. Um, but I, I, I see what you mean though, that, like, that you could go back to sort of... Fu- could, could you go back to Ranskorav Kolos? I guess that was fine in the Oxford We are never going back to Ranskorav Kolos. Okay, but, <laughs> but you could. You could, you could. Like, it, it, it worked well I'm when we... I'm trying to make the world of Saranga look appealing. <laughs> <laughs> it worked well when we back to, went back to New, New Earth yes, once a year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's nice to have that bit of familiarity, and that's what was good this yeah. week. We Everyone knows the story of when Mary Shelley came up with the idea for Frankenstein. Yeah. Everyone understands what that environment would be like. So all you've got to do is plonk your Doctor Who characters yes. in it. Add Cyberman. And add the Cyberman, yeah. which again, we already have an understanding yes. of. Yeah. Um, and even if we didn't, it's quite an easy yeah. concept to explain. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's it's the efficiency of it, isn't it? it that is so, that is so yeah. great as well. I mean, there was a point though, I would say, and this is just me nitpicking, um, there, there was a point through the episode, this is somewhere during the Graham Needs a Toilet arc, um, where um, the Doctor has suddenly decided that the house has bad vibes. She is getting bad vibes from the house. Yeah. And this will progress. The, and it's like, it's sort of one of those things that like, I just didn't quite 
believe. Okay. Um, I mean, although, I guess I mean, it, moves on, it moves on very quickly, but it, it was a bit sort of, ah, we need something to go here to make everyone suspicious. True. Vibes. Th- there's precedent for that, I guess, in... Have you seen The War Machines? Um... If I have, it would have been years ago at uni. I can't believe I'm Um. citing the War Machines to defend (laughs) the story. But um, there's a bit in the War Machines where um, they get out the TARDIS and the dot sword. He sort of gets a weird spidey sense and he's like, something's afoot. And we so there's there's kind of there's been a few points like that. There's this kind of precedent for the Doctor having this kind of sidekick, especially if it's a time travel thing, right? That's true. Um, So I I can I I can wave that away. I'm happy with that. I feel like I'd have. I'd have believed it a bit more if it had been nearer the start, as opposed to like we got to a bit where the plot we got to a bit where the plot slowed down and suddenly vibes. Um, She could have mentioned the vibes straight away, couldn't she? That said, I do like um, again an episode, a a moment where fixing the episode would break it. Mm. I do like the touch of oh, the psychic paper doesn't work; it must be the rain. And when you watch that back, the psychic paper is probably not working because of the whole like house shield siberian security thing oh, true um i only picked that up when i watched it back last night yeah and i was just thinking that could have been an opportune moment for oh the psychic paper doesn't work why what's going on but here? actually the fact that it's just waved away it kind of rewards a, a rewatch i think yeah it's, it's also complete... funny that that it could just be the war yeah thing. that's amusing yeah. another great like bit of comedy is actually it's really bold actually this part which is that um there just were genuine ghosts, maybe. And, yeah. Gra- and Graham just maybe sure. did see some ghosts. What do I'm, you think I'm, of that? I, I'm not sure I like that, actually, because it felt a bit of a... Um, it felt it felt a bit of a sort of... Um, a sort of a cheaty, cheaty red herring of just like... Yeah, it did feel a it bit, was a bit red sort of, Yeah. Like, especially, it would have been better if the Doctor hadn't spent quite a few times just adamantly denying that ghosts ever exist. It was a bit sort of, ghosts don't exist, so it must be something else. Ah, actually, maybe it was just ghosts. Yeah, I think that was part of the joke, though, in a way. Yeah. that like the, the I, could s- I could see what they were trying to do. And, like, the ghosts, they feed Graham real food. Graham <laughs> eats true. that food. He does eat that but food. Then, but then afterwards... He eats I, the ghost I, yeah, food. <laughs> I hadn't realised... Um, obviously, there's been kind of jokes about the ghost food. And it was only when I watched it back last night that I realised he sees them again after the ghost food. Mm. He sees them one more time. And it's just a bit, like... Yeah, I'm it's not, I'm a lot sure. for a I'm single gag, isn't it? Then I'm again, I sure. don't know. It speaks to the quality of the episode that in any other week I'd have been pulling that up straight away, <laughs> and this week I allowed the story. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I I was like, yeah, you can do that because yeah. because I've I've bought into the rest of it okay. enough, and like I felt like I admired its confidence to yeah. do that gag at the end, and like whereas any other story i've been like no you don't get that <laughs> like if it was a story if it was a story like something like um something like battle of vanskar yeah. or yeah, no. even even something like can you hear me yeah if, if i tried to pull off something like that i'd have been like no i'm not actually going to extend that to you because yeah. i feel like the rest of it was weird enough that yeah and, yeah and it had enough polish yeah that it was allowed to have this one sort of spurious element okay yeah, I don't know, in my sense. book anyway, it felt yeah, able to do that. Yeah, that. that makes sense. Mm. Um, so it's, I, I, I didn't mind that so much. What are the top three things we're hoping for next week and the week after? Uh, I don't know what the top three things you're hoping for are. I don't. <laughs> you're attempting to read your mind. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, top three things I'm hoping for. Uh, Ruth Doc, primarily. Yeah, I would have been agreeing with that one. She'd be on um, my list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, top of the list, uh, Ruth Doc. Uh, what else? 
Um, some kind of big, like, deep, lo deep Time Lord lore thing that somehow doesn't make the entire fandom really angry. Or at least, like, makes the right people angry in the right way. Um, I'm hoping for right people angry in the right yeah. way. <laughs> I, I said that, like, oh, it doesn't make you angry. It's like, no, no, wait, that's not possible. Yeah. I need to clarify which people shouldn't be angry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's what I want. And um, um, I guess... I want them to reveal that Hartnell was not the first Doctor and there were 1,400 Doctors before him. <laughs> wow. There were all women of colour. Excellent. <laughs> that's, Excellent. That's the and sort seeing, of change to the law that I want. We're seeing them all in a kind of like credits roll, like introducing this person as a Doctor, yeah, this yeah, person yeah, this as a Doctor, person, this for like person. 30 minutes straight. I, I'd be up for that. <laughs> no, yeah, um, I'd definitely be up for that. But, um, but, but yeah, mo mostly I just like... Mostly, I just want them to do something with Ruth Doc. Um, That's my is main my, is hope my big as well. Thing. And um, also that um, that we get some nice juicy character stuff. Like yes. the companions are probably leaving some of them. Yes. And uh, and it'd be nice for them I, to nail I, that yeah, somehow. I was thinking it's a shame that they're kind of because I agree they like some of them are probably now leaving. And it's a shame to do that just as they're starting to get the character stuff right. I think it is a that's shame, but they've, they've got to go. Yeah. It's I think it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. I mean, that's something that I think Can You Hear Me did quite well. And okay, perhaps it would have been better if it had had any kind of precedent in the other episodes. Yeah, that's too not, little, too late. That's not me, the episode's really. fault. I don't know. I kind of yeah. I would imagine. I I would I would imagine someone is some someone is going. Um, I don't know if they're all going or. Um, or just a couple of them are going, or just so, one so of Tosin them. So Tosin Cole has been cast in something. In, I think I Tosin's definitely going. I mean, I think, I, I'm kind of not sure, because on the one hand, I'm thinking, oh, someone's been cast in a major drama, they're going. But Bradley Walsh is on screen on five shows at any given time. Like, I don't know how he yeah, does it. Yeah, but, but, but Tosin's been cast in a, in a US drama. Yeah, so it's more difficult. Bradley... Is presents a game show yeah. within the same country, and also yeah. and also he, um, they write around him and shoot I mean, around I was, him as I well. I was genuinely surprised. Um, I was genuinely surprised that Bradley Walsh stayed on for more than one. Oh my god! Yeah, me too. Because of those commitments, um, and they, they they do apparently have to shoot around him and yeah. write around him. So, so I don't think they do that for two members of the cast. Yeah, um, but the fact that. Yeah, as you say, he's doing that in the same country um, and I guess has the kind of star power that people are willing to shoot around him and stuff. Yeah. And I guess, so the fact that I was surprised that he's staying on means that Tosin Cole getting that kind of commitment, surely, like, surely that means he's going. I, I don't know whether I'd rather them boot the boys off and keep Yaz on or just start afresh. I don't know. I feel like... I would like I, I would like Doctor and Yaz on their own. That I would, I would love to see that. Actually. I would be disappointed if it was we'll keep Yaz and we're gonna bring on two more people that are gonna talk over her. Yeah, no, like, I, I I think I do want a bit more Yaz. Yeah. I think it would be a shame to lose Mandip Girl. Yeah. I think I think we let's learn some lessons from from having lost Pearl Mackie too too yes. soon. And let's yeah. let's keep Yaz. Yeah, I, I, I would be I would be up for more Yaz and I think yeah, I think I think I would probably be up for like well, this sounds really harsh. I think I would be up for a reduction in the number of companions. Hopefully nicely. Hopefully they just get bored and wander off. Um, but, you know, I think uh, there is... I, I feel like... Um, I feel like Chibnall has struggled to write all of them and 
it always seems to be like Graham hogging the limelight. Um, and like, I don't know, I think I, I, I was very, so when the casting was announced initially that there were going to be three companions, mm. I was kind of like, well, it's worked before, but it worked before in a very different format. Very that different. was a lot longer and in an era where they would just kind of, well, I'm saying that they would just give one of the characters a headache and she'd be off for an episode. But like, to yeah. be fair, they did like just give all the companions to Captain Jack for an episode here and it's not that different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think I would be up for a kind of reduction in companion number. Um, and it would I be would, nice I to would... see, to see them in the same way that we've just been talking about already established environments. Yeah. It would be nice to see an already established relationship, i.e. that between Jodie and, yeah. um, and Mandip kind of develop further something that we were something that um a few of us are talking about um i think yesterday was that we haven't had like a polite nice exit since martha it's all been really like very big it's all been it? very big and they've kind of been for i mean clara arguably I had like a, unless clara you arguably yeah. had a nice exit but it was still a forced kind of otherworldly exit rather yeah. than i'm bored now i'm off um i guess nardol maybe I what love I love Nardole's exit. Um, it's so when he, he says he's sticking around. Oh, that's it on the cyber ship. Oh, I love that scene. Yeah. I think it's lovely. I kind of, but we haven't we haven't had much of that, and I feel like it was kind of hinted at in "Can You Hear Me" mm. with Ryan, mm. um, and I could I can see, for example, Gra- Graham and Ryan, I could see them going together, deciding enough is enough. Mm. Mm. Graham actually needs time to process his grief. You know, um, I could see that happening. Yeah, I was. It was just something that we'd been thinking about. Like, it's been a while since we had a nice exit that it, don't involve people dying. It would be nice um, to see that. I, I, I'll say. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Christian, please don't kill Graham off with cancer. It, it would make me very unhappy. I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like, this was, this was something that had come up. Oh, I can't remember one of the conversations I was having. Um, it had come up. Oh, you know, Graham could have cancer, and I was just like. No, I am not having a full hiatus of can you hear me discourse. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. No, there are many reasons. There, there, are, there are many reasons that Graham maybe shouldn't be killed off that way. And that is one of them. Um, it is. Please don't do it, Chris. Please, please. Don't do it. please. You probably already have, but please don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's too late now. It's too late. It's too um, late now. I think we can we can wrap things up there. Thank you so much for well, talking thank you, to thank me, Thank you for having Georgia. me. No, it's been lovely. Where can people find you online these uh, days? So my blog is um, Mind the Flap. Probably the easiest thing, actually. Um, if you go to Twitter, Mind the Flap, you will find a placeholder account with a pin tweet that has where else I am. Um, Great, And hopefully, I, like, if I'm very lucky, by the time this comes out, there will be a blog up around Orphan 55 in the Saranga Conundrum. If it isn't up yet, it will be soon. Um <laughs> Fantastic. Check that out um, if it's up. Uh, and if it's not up, then it will be up soon. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter um, at Molly underscore Martian. I'll mention again that my show, uh, This Poo Shall Pass, uh, is on at Vault Festival uh, on the 29th of February and the 1st of March. Details of that are in the description as well. I'll stop talking about it soon. Um, if you want a discount on the ticket, um, it's the, there's a discount code as well, uh, Toilet29. Uh, so don't tell anybody I told you that um, you can find the podcast on Twitter uh, at Galactic Pod, and you can email the podcast at Galactic um, at gmail.com 
Um, I think that is all the um, admin again. Great. Um, see you uh, next week uh, for the first part of the explosive finale. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Bye.